and it turned out he was back on the streets after an extended confinement in Manhattan State Hospital. Somebody took the trouble to ask him why he was toting an ice pick, and they got lucky, the way you sometimes do. Before anybody knew what was happening, he'd confessed to a whole list of unsolved homicides. They ran his picture, I said. A little guy, wasn't he? I don't remember the name. Louis Pinnell. I glanced at him. His hands rested on the table, fingertips just touching, and he was looking down at his hands. I said that he must have been greatly relieved that the man was in custody after all these years. No, he said. The music stopped. The radio announcer hawked subscriptions to a magazine published by the Audubon Society. I sat and waited. I almost wish they hadn't caught him, Charles London said. Why? Because he didn't kill Barbara. Later I went back and read all three papers, and there had been something to the effect that Pinnell had confessed to seven ice-pick prowler slayings while maintaining he was innocent of the eighth. If I'd even noted that information first time around, I hadn't paid it any mind. Who knows what a psychotic killer is going to remember nine years after the fact. According to London, Pinnell had more of an alibi than his own memory. The night before Barbara Edinger was murdered, Pinnell had been picked up on the complaint of a counterman at a coffee shop in the East Twenties. He was taken to Bellevue for observation, held two days, and released. Police and hospital records made it quite clear that he was in a locked ward when Barbara Edinger was killed. I kept trying to tell myself there was a mistake, London said. A clerk can make a mistake recording an admission or release date, but there was no mistake, and Pinnell was very adamant on the subject. He was perfectly willing to admit the other murders. I gathered he was proud of them in some way or other, but he was genuinely angry at the idea that a murder he hadn't committed was being attributed to him. He picked up his glass but put it down without drinking from it. I gave up years ago, he said. I took it for granted that Barbara's murderer would never be apprehended. When the series of killings stopped so abruptly, I assumed the killer had either died or moved away. My fantasy was that he'd had a moment of awful clarity, realized what he'd done, and killed himself. It made it easier for me if I was able to believe that. And from what a police officer told me, I gathered that that sort of thing occasionally happens. I came to think of Barbara as having been the victim of a force of nature, as if she died in an earthquake or a flood. Her killing was impersonal, and her killer unknown and unknowable.